Jackson Swain touchdown. It's time for the Swain event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Give it to his house and a red flag. Good evening, Swain event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. I am your host, Jason Swain, joined by my guy, Ben McKee. Ben McKee, good evening, sir. Good evening, Jay Swizzle. Ooh, How are you? I am fantastic. Look at you rocking your Yankees. Your Yankees gear. I love it, man. Coincidence. And, uh, but, but also fitting. And Judge with the 61. I tell you, man, I was um I was just in the kitchen yesterday. You know how my house is set up. I was like, wait a minute, I think I thought I got missing something. So I sat down on the on the couch. I just turned straight to the game. Aaron Judge was on the in the on deck circle. Perfect timing. And then he went up to bat. Crack! Get up out of here. 61. Look at that timing, my man. Ooh, it feels good in Knoxville, Tennessee. It feels good in Knoxville, Tennessee. What is up, everybody? Ooh, it's feeling good. Feeling good in Knoxville, Tennessee. <laughs> Those shades are too small for your face. Man, it's my kids. Man. <laughs> he was in here. Hey, you leave something in my too. office, it's mine. <laughs> I, I, but I feel like I need some shades, Ben, because, man, it's been bright in Knoxville, Tennessee since Saturday. Real bright. We 4-0. Uh, yeah, Tennessee is 4-0, and man, hard hard to be upset with anything going on over on Tennessee's campus at the moment, Swaino. Uh, but every, every program has a, a positive outlook at the moment, especially the ones that, uh, that, that people care about the most. Uh, hard not to be excited about the direction of, uh, of Tennessee athletics right now. I, I said it today on Josh and Swain, Saturday was just the – a, a huge advertisement for for the university as a whole and Tennessee's football program and in the city of Knoxville and East Tennessee as well. Recruits, come on, recruits! Let me holla at you. Let me holla, 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 holla. Let me holla. Let me holla. Let me holla, 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 holla. Use a text box. Use the Swain Event app. It is free for Android, Apple devices. It still works. We still use it. You can text us at any point of the show and. Man, let's make this thing interactive. 4-0. Going into the bye week. Get to sit on back. Just get to sit on back and just chill. And watch everybody else this weekend. Get to sit on back and watch Auburn, LSU. Sit on back. Watch Ole Miss, Kentucky. Take notes. Scout the future opponent a little bit. You can sit on back and watch South Carolina play tonight. 
sit on back. I watched for about 10 minutes, <laughs> then, then turned it off. I, I, I appreciate having some SEC football on Thursday night. Count me in for having SEC football on every Thursday night. I, I think that would be pretty cool. But And I realized that, obviously, Hurricane Ian is the reason that South Carolina and South Carolina State are playing tonight. But yeah. G- give me a game other than that every Thursday night, and, and I'm thrilled because I'm I'm locked in. At least we do have a big-time NFL game tonight, Bengals-Dolphins. That's already 7-3 Bengals in the first quarter. That should be a really fun game, uh, Tua and those receivers and Joe Burrow and his receivers. But yeah. uh, g- give me some SEC football on Thursday night going forward permanently is, is my thought process. 7-3, huh? I guess I'm a little bit behind. Um, 865-255-03. Give us a call. Tell us your name and where you call it from. We'll jump you right on in here. And, uh, man, let's get it started. Let's not waste any time because we have someone patiently waiting. Uh, good evening. Hey, good evening, guys. Oh, you already turkey know. Man. It's Turkey Man. What's up, Turkey Man? <laughs> hey, guys. Hey, uh, I was wondering. They talk about this Heisman tro- uh, Trophy a candidate and talk, which uh, I've uh, ever since Peyton i just been really sour on that trophy. But why has Tennessee never had a Heisman Trophy winner? Uh, Peyton was Peyton was the last one that had a, a true opportunity, honestly. I think uh, my theory is that Tennessee played, you know, sorry Vanderbilt at the end of the season where everybody else was playing uh, rivalry games. And usually they look for those Heisman moments. And – where everybody else is playing their bitter rival that's actually good. Tennessee's been playing, you know, Vanderbilt. Um, you know, Josh Dobbs had an opportunity to start the season, but the season didn't go the way we needed it to go and didn't play well uh, consistently throughout the stretch, didn't win enough games. Um, I mean, Travis Stevens was unbelievable in 2001. He got robbed of the Doak Walker Award, but Peyton was really the only guy that, that truly had an opportunity. Um, Great individual effort for start to finish. There was a campaign early in the season, 2009, for Eric Berry, but that's 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 the reason, Turkey Man. Now well, Hendon has a real opportunity. He just has he, to he, go out there and and play uh, consistent in this stretch in the next couple of games. You know, in October, November, and he's going to put himself in position to at least be in New York. Well, he he Schuler was runner up. And, uh, of course, Johnny Majors was runner-up. And, of course, Peyton. Other than that, I, I don't know of another candidate, but I, I know of all the greats we've had. Uh, it, it, can't, it seems strange we've never won one. I, I, and part of that is that you have to remember how many college football players there are as well and, and just how special of a season – you have to have in, in order to not only be a finalist, but also win the whole thing. I mean, one guy out of thousands of football players win it every single year. So um, that, I think that also is a factor, just that th- there's a whole lot of guys playing college football, and you have to have just an extraordinarily special season to, to win it. Swain, do you think if Peyton would have beaten Florida – then that could have counted 
as his Heisman moment. And, and also I'll add to your point about playing Vanderbilt every year. I, I do think going forward, Tennessee players now have a better chance because that Georgia game has moved back, mm-hmm. has been moved back uh, to November. And next year, I don't know the date off the top of my head, but playing Georgia next year is I think the second or third to last game. I mean, it's real late in the season. So there's a potential Heisman moment there, even this year with Hendon going up against Georgia in Athens. Yep, yep. Well, speaking of a Heisman, before I get off, I know other people want to get on, but but the Heisman moment, as good as I've ever seen, when Hendon got hurt, he was hurt. And he went down. It looked like he was probably going to be out or really – I mean, he come and balled out. And yeah. uh, that, that's 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 uh, that's you don't get no better. That's that's the that goes back to to uh, uh, oh uh, the artful dodger and and getting knocked out of the the Alabama game and then come running back in and uh, when uh, Bill Battle was there. Yeah, I get out of here. Uh, gonna give you the holler. All right, Terry, man. Good to hear from you, man. Hendon was amazing. He was the best player on the field. Wasn't even a doubt about it. But, the, uh, but when you're talking about Heisman, you, you can't you can't have that moment in September. <laughs> you have to you have to be consistent. If you're going to have it in September, you better be consistent. Then you better have another one um, closer to the end of the season that's going to la- uh, leave a lasting impression on the voters. Now, Henning has RG3's vote already. It seems like. Yeah. That that it, it is really cool to see Tennessee players legitimately mentioned in the Heisman conversation, and and I'm not talking about preseason stuff. I I do remember the Eric Berry conversation mainly because of Swiper Boy's song Eric Berry. Eric Berry. Eric I had Berry. that song downloaded on my uh on my iPod and uh on my one of my first iPhones, and I, I was listening to it through through high school, and I graduated in 2013, so. Uh, I, I remember that one. That that was a, a legitimate Heisman case, but in my lifetime of of being older and and truly following Tennessee football, that that's really the the only legitimate case that I've experienced. Maybe a little bit of preseason hype with Dobbs going into his senior year, but th- this is legitimate Heisman talk with Hendon. It's very early in the season. Absolutely, a, a lot is going to change over the next two months. Um, but it, I, I just think it's cool that Tennessee has a player in the conversation, even if it is the end of September, because my word, is that a, a huge step forward from where Tennessee has been since Eric Berry. And even those Eric Berry years weren't as good as they should have been, if we're being honest, in terms of the team success, not individual success. RG3, six hours ago on his Twitter, put, uh, posted a TikTok of his Heisman frontrunners. Hinton Hooker is number one for him. C.J. Stroud, Ohio State's number two. Michael Penix, uh, Washington's number three. Um, I can't even pronounce the the Minnesota running back, uh, Mohammed Ephraim. <laughs> I want to say uh, is number four, and then Bryce Young, Alabama, is is number five. So right now, he is in a he's in a, in a he's in a great spot. But you, know, you got to keep it rolling. All right, let me get to the phones and uh, welcome in. Good What's evening, up, man. It's Coy uh, Macon. Oh, Coy, make it. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Y'all doing all right? Ah, uh, we're great, man. Good to hear from you. Hope you're well. Man, I'm doing good. I'm just about to pour those balls, baby. That's right. 
That's right. Man, Took care of business in September. Guy, you mean uh, Will Levis wasn't on um, RG3's uh, Heisman list? Uh, he, ain't, he, ain't, he ain't done anything. I know, I know. He ain't done told me today that squirt mayonnaise in his coffee. He told me today that he said he said if uh, if Lou Lemons was at Alabama or Georgia, he'd be a Heisman candidate. I was like, well, he wouldn't even be starting if he was at Alabama. He'd be sitting <laughs> on the bench. Hey, you're right about that. He would not be starting. That's a, that, that's facts. But I'm not gonna hate on Will yeah, Levis because I mean he has a chance to be drafted in front of Hendon. Honestly, I mean I think I think NFL scouts like him more than like Hendon right now. I get that. I get that. But they I think do. That, you know, just just because of the uh, just because of the system he plays in, he don't have any chance. Man. He will. I mean, he would definitely get a look. So pro day you know, and combine, he'll he he'll have plenty of opportunities. Yeah. But hey, man, I wanted to ask you. Um, I was listening to you on the sports channel yesterday, and was I work in the office, so I get to listen, hear bits and pieces. I try to catch up on the podcast, but I was hearing you talk about the defense and that. A lot of people were, you know, kind of after Tim Banks and everything after last week's performance. Um, and, you know, I know you were saying, you know, at some point the players just got to make plays. And, I mean, I thought that Tim Banks called an excellent game, man. I felt like he made the right call. There were so many times we had the people in the right spot to either sack Richardson, you know, we brought somebody off of the corner and just missed the tackle in the backfield of um, yeah, I mean, I thought he called an incredible game. So I was just going to see, you know, I, I haven't heard people say, you know, that they were impressed with the with the with the game plan or you know the actual calls that he made. But I mean, the whole time I was like, man, we had somebody there to stop that several times. I'm glad you brought that up, Coy. Oh, I'm so glad you brought that up, man. Thank you so much for calling and bringing that up. I got you. I got you, my brother. So. So here it is. So, so last year, Tim Banks took over a defense, just like Josh Hyper took over an offense that had multiple transfers, had many holes. And what Tim Banks did was take an Alante Taylor, and boom, he's a draft pick. He took a Theo Jackson. Tim Banks works with the secondary along with a Willie Martinez. So both of those guys turned Theo Jackson into a guy that was an afterthought into a draft pick. Um, Matthew Butler, Rodney Garner, and Tim Banks turned him into a draft pick. And this defense was better than what people expected. Why is that? Well, because they were put in positions to be successful. <laughs> Simple as that. Well, who gets credit for that? Well, it's coaching. So in a year's time, Tennessee has added more depth with the corners, more depth with the secondary, um, more depth with the front seven, whether it was bringing in guys from outside the program, um, seniors of that were in high school last year, or develop those guys yourself. So in a year's time, I'm supposed to believe Tim Banks got worse? Is that what I'm supposed nope. to believe? That's not what happened. Not at all. That's not what happened. Here's what happened. And, and the coaches won't, won't say this, okay? The coaches will not say this publicly. They won't throw their players under the bus. And I'm not trying to do that either. But what I am trying to, to convey here is – and I feel like, how long have we been doing this show, Ben? We've been doing this show a long time. We've been doing this show a very, very long time. I've been with you since 2016, and how many years did you do it before 2016? I, I mean, 2014. Four, yeah, 2014. We've been doing this show a long time. And we've been fans for a very, very long time. 
we 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 fall for the banana and tailpipe every single time when something doesn't go to the way that you want it to go you automatically point at the coach it, it's like clockwork it's automatic coach and i'm like they're just a part of it at the end of the day the coaches put the players in position to make the play was it tim banks fault that he got run over for the first touchdown from Florida? Was that Tim Banks' fault? Nope. Tim Banks has guys in position. So you take a guy in Jeremy Pruitt who was a defensive mastermind, air quotes, and you put him out there versus Georgia State, and dudes can't even get lined up right. It happened against BYU. Dudes couldn't get lined up right. But he was a mastermind, mine, right? Remember him in Alabama. We watched him win a championship before he came here. He was a mastermind. When he had some dogs in, in the back end when he has some nfl ballers right look great but then pro gets here and guys ain't, they can't line up right he's not having the same success so why is that oh i know maybe it's a little bit of the players May, maybe maybe the reason why you don't play press man bump and run and you don't have guys running beside the other team's fast receiver because we're not that fast Maybe that. Ben, you got a list of the recruits in the 2023 class. How many DBs are committed? Uh, there, there are currently six. Three corners, three safeties, and they would like to add more. I wonder why we have six <laughs> DBs committed. I wonder I'm why. Sure that, I'm sure the transfer portal will also be their best friend when it comes to the secondary as well. Ben, the guys that we have committed at DB, do you think they're faster or slower than some of the guys we have right now? Uh, they they are very fast. Christian Conyer, Jordan Matthews, Ricky Gibson. That is a damn coincidence. It's a coincidence. Yeah. That's a coincidence. Yeah. So, as a coach, you're going to do what your personnel can handle. So, let's use offense, for example. There's been a little bit of talk once Josh Heupel got the job is, Man, you got to have a dual third quarterback. Josh Heupel needs a dual third quarterback. Josh Heupel, Josh Heupel doesn't need a dual third quarterback. Josh Heupel has had quarterbacks who was not dual third quarterbacks. He had Drew Locke. He had different guys. Why was Josh Heupel successful? Because he tailored his system to fit his personnel. That's what you do as a coach. And guess what Tim Banks is doing? He's doing the same thing. So he's not going to put some of our guys in positions to try to do something that they physically cannot do. So here's our defense. It's a bend, but don't break defense. And it's a little bit better than last year. What do people expect was going to happen from last year to this year? You thought it was going to go from being what we were last year to the damn 85 Bears in one year? <laughs> a steel curtain in one year? No. It's a little bit better. It's a little bit better. That's, that's yeah, what's I going on. Am I still on? You still on, man. Hey, I would say they are a lot better, man. They the, they look they look really good against the run, man. They I mean they, we the defensive up, line is know. a lot better. Coy. Coy. Yeah, they I won mean, the game for us at, at Pittsburgh. Name one game last season where the defense won a game for us. None. <laughs> I haven't seen a game in years where the defense won a game. <laughs> I mean, so like did they have an off game in some areas? Yes. They did. The offense had an off night 
at Pittsburgh. So they had an off night. But you also have to get, and this is what people don't want to do because we're so caught up in our fandom. We're so caught up in hating the opponent and hating the rival. You got to give credit to the Florida coaching staff and what Anthony Richardson did. Now, he was balling. He's an NFL player. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it was going to happen against us, too, man. I knew all we got to He's going to come out and play his best game he's played all year, ever in college. That it, was, it was bound to happen, man. And we and still it, it's, it's, it's It's not because, you know, Tennessee has had bad luck the last 15 years uh, against Florida. That That's not why Anthony Richardson – was a successful passer and looked night and day different than he had the last two weeks. It's because Tennessee doesn't have SEC caliber players in the secondary or, or really a linebacker, in my opinion, especially when it comes to the coverage. Talk about stopping the run. That's a different conversation with the backers. But the 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 secondary, and I know Willie Martinez has been a big talking point, as has Tim Banks has been. They, they just don't have guys. They have two guys that I have – trust in and it, and it's not like it's Eric Berry level trust and and, and that's Kamal Haddon and Tamarion McDonald and even Tamarion McDonald didn't play all that well against Florida on what? Saturday they they just don't have options the the options that they have are are true freshmen so, uh, those are their options and, and until they get other recruits in here such as Swain was discussing they've got six guys currently committed and I'm, I'm sure they'll hit the transfer portal hard as well the secondary is what it is, and and to me, that is the reminder of, okay, Josh Heifel is still in the early stages of his second season on Rocky Top. The, the reason Tennessee is good and ranked in the top eight is because of the offense and because of Rodney Garner's ability to develop the players along the defensive line, and, and that's not comparing and contrasting what Rodney Garner can do and, and the rest of the defensive staff. Rodney Garner had more tools to play with in his toolbox. There's more guys along the defensive line to utilize. At, at safety, you're stuck with two guys. At, at corner, the 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 immediate help that you brought in was a JUCO signee, and hurt. he has a shoulder injury and hasn't been able to play yet. So two guys hurt. Uh, I, I like the young guys in the secondary, Christian Harrison, Jordan Thomas, but they're just true freshmen who just played if they played in, in their first sec game, like they're, they're not ready to play even as bad as the guys in front of them are. I, I, and Corey, thanks. Thanks for the phone call, buddy. I'll say this. Um, I won't say that they're not sec caliber. I'll say that we, we're not going to play man to man straight up for a, a majority of the football game. Like that's, that's not what we, that's not what we're going to do. We can't do that. So we're going to play zone. And we're going to say, all right, all right, opposing offense. Our offense cannot be stopped. So we're going to put pressure on you to feel like you have to keep up. And while you're pressing to try to keep up, the moment you make this mistake, we're going to capitalize on it. That's that's what we're going to do. So you better be accurate with the football, which Anthony Richardson was for the most part. And we're going to rush the, we're going to rush the passer. We're going to put pressure on him. And the moment you slip, we got you. And that's what happened on Saturday. Anthony Richardson fumbled. Lamar Thomas made a great play. Fumble. Boom. Got you. Tennessee and Florida was going blow for blow in the first half, right? Tennessee really wasn't stopped by Florida. Tennessee stopped Tennessee. And then Tennessee's defense made a huge stop. 
And it's funny because people are talking about the defense in the in the in the in the in the Florida game, but nobody was freaking out and worried about the offense in the pick pick game because the defense saved the offense. But that that's none of my business, actually. Yeah, and I, I think that's a case of uh, against average offenses. Tennessee's going going to be fine. Missouri, South Carolina. I'll be I'll be curious to see how Kentucky's offense looks this weekend against Ole Miss, but I'll also be curious to see how the 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 Tennessee defense looks against Kentucky towards the end of the month because the 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 offensive line for Kentucky isn't what it has been the last two or three years. Uh, and, and Will Levis is talented, like an Anthony Richardson, to where he can sit back and carve up uh, the the Tennessee defense. But so much of what Kentucky does is predicated around the offensive line. And it just hasn't been what it has been the last couple of years. So I actually feel good about that matchup, even though they have a a good quarterback and and some young receivers who look really good. I think Tennessee's defensive line should win that matchup and and really help Tennessee win that football game. But outside of maybe Kentucky and definitely the Carolinas and Missouri's and Vanderbilt's of the world, it's going to be an offensive shootout against LSU, in my opinion, yep. and also Alabama as as well. If if you're going to win those games, uh, even Georgia, it's going to have to be because of an offensive shootout. Yep. Just the where the program was, and I think people are, are somewhat forgetting that it's still just in year two after what the abysmal mess was that Josh Heupel took over. He he's not taking over what Brian Kelly got to take over at LSU, where where Brian Kelly at least has talented players to play with. The defense still has a, a, a lack of talent, and it's just going to take a couple of recruiting classes to to fix that and those players developing as well. And it, it's going to go slower than people want it to, unfortunately, in my opinion. It ain't always on the coordinator. I mean, that's, that's, that's my point, man. It's, it's, it's so convenient. Yeah, Tim Banks isn't failing to strip the ball out twice instead of deciding to make a tackle, and, and he's not – missing tackle after tackle as as Tennessee's safeties do uh he's not getting run over by the tight end while uh, another defensive back is trying to strip the ball out twice that you you can't blame Tim Banks for that you you just can't yeah I I I can't I can't do it again I'm not sitting saying it was a great performance but I am saying like the offense had a not so great performance too and the defense lifted up the offense. And the offense lifted up the defense. That's complimentary football. And that's what football is all about. And Tennessee is 4-0. and And that's what matters. And I think LSU is going to be a shootout. Like, the whole plan when Hypo got here and the staff was assembled, they looked at this roster, they said, well, this is how we're going to win. We got we to we outscore people. Yeah, and, and the other thing is, Swain, real quick, Tennessee beat Florida. I, I'm 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 sorry if people forgot, but Tennessee hadn't really done that a ton over the last 15 to 20 years, and I realized that it was frustrating to watch the secondary. It was frustrating to watch Florida recover that onside kick. Although I thought it was a better play by the the guy who caught the football than maybe Tennessee necessarily doing something wrong because no, how high the, the the ball bounced. Tennessee did something. You still got to you still got to catch it. Yes, but point is that. Who cares how ugly it looked? Tennessee beat Florida. That Tennessee's still in that phase of Josh Heupel building this program. Three, four, five years from now, when the ultimate goal is to get to Atlanta, 
then okay. I, I think it's more appropriate to have those, these type of conversations, but I, I just, I'm not in the business of, of nitpicking a win over Florida at this point. I'm with you, man. I'm not, I'm not nitpicking either. I mean, we can point out some things we got to correct moving forward, but that's, that's about it. I'm not about to be picking apart a win <laughs> versus an SEC opponent that you haven't beaten in forever. So Tennessee's 4-0. And when's the last time we've been 4-0 going into October? 865-255-03. We'll take a brief timeout, and uh, we'll come back. More of the Swain event when we return. Stay with us. Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Guys, if you notice a lack of energy, motivation, and drive, it could be low T. You know you need to stop playing around and schedule your complete health assessment at Low T Center. They now offer the convenience of monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments for just $155 a month, cash pay, or covered by most health insurance. If you don't live near a Low T Center or you just want the convenience of at-home treatment, all good. Low T Center makes it easy to get started on treatment. Only your first two visits are in person. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Hey there, Swain Event fam. Happy to be back with you on the weekly show. And although our Swain Event schedule has changed, I'm still here on a daily basis to help you with your real estate needs. So if you are still looking for your forever home, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty, 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. And go Vols! You're listening to the Swain Event. You don't say by Dead End Barbecue. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad Coy for making called in. That was a really, really, really good question by by Coy. And don't think for a second that coaches are not correcting mistakes. Like that's that happens, and cor- and coaches are going to correct mistakes in a loss. Coaches are going to correct law lo- uh, mistakes in a win. Simple as that. Because you never know when you're going to see the same look again. And Tennessee is up. In the four-minute offense, you don't think Josh Hype was going to talk to his offense about making sure that you execute and not giving the ball back to Florida? When Tennessee is up and the other team scores, touchdown, a field goal, you don't think Mike Eckler is going to make sure that the front line of the hands team is taking out those those runners, take them out, knock them on their butt, so that way they don't have opportunity to recover the onside kick? Absolutely. Same way that defensive coaches are going to correct things. Here's an example, and we'll move on. Go to the text box. 
pick game. Remember the double pass, Ben? Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many times did we see the double pass after that? Not uh, Last year? Or yeah. This year's pick game? L- last year. So last year's oh, pick we, game. We, we saw that practically every game after, after exactly. that game. Exactly. Because Tennessee proved that they couldn't stop it. So you saw it over and over and over until Tennessee actually stopped it. South Carolina game, we picked it off. But it didn't matter if Tennessee had won that game at Pitt or versus Pitt at home last year or lost. Pitt scored a touchdown on that play. So they're going to, the future opponents were going to run that play over and over and over until we stopped it. So even though we're 4-0, there's things that other teams have been able to do against us successfully. And we're going to address those things, probably address them this week in the open day, and we'll continue to address those things. That's the way this stuff works. Yep. And I'll go ahead and tell you right now that, at least in my opinion, this LSU game is going to be very similar to the Florida game. I I, I think they have pretty similar personnel in, in terms of um, – you you look at the receiver and you look at the quarterback and, and they may not be the best quarterbacks and receivers on the world, but they have talent. Jaden Daniels is, is capable of running around on you if you don't bottle him up and, and he's not the, the passer that Hinden Hooker is. But if you leave the receivers open the way that Tennessee was, then they're, they're going to beat you. And LSU's receivers have more talent than, than Florida's receivers. I, I think Ricky Pearsall's a, a pretty good, pretty solid SEC football player, the, the slot receiver for Florida. But LSU has legitimate talent. Keyshawn Boutte is, has all the talent in the world. There, yeah. there, there's no secret there. And they've got other guys that, that have talent as well. Malik Neighbors, uh, Jack Beck, Jeray Jenkins, they they have several guys who are are capable of of running wild in in that LSU or in that Tennessee secondary. If Tennessee's not prepared, or if they don't play better than they played against Florida. Now on the flip side of that, I, I do think Tennessee's defense can do some good things up front. LSU's offensive line isn't that good. Uh, it, it's not strong like we've seen it in the past. Very similar to Florida's. Tennessee was able to win that matchup. I think that's a matchup Tennessee can win as well. And and you, and you bottle up the run and, and then just pray that they don't beat you over the top like Florida almost did. So I, I think this game is is very similar in the sense of it's going to be a shootout in Baton Rouge. And you, you're almost going to need a, a very similar performance to Hendon Hooker. And I, I have all the confidence in the world, quite frankly, that, that Hooker can deliver once again. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, differ from you a little bit here. I think um, I think there are some similarities between Florida and, and LSU. I, I'll say that LSU's receivers are better than Florida's receivers, and LSU's quarterback is not as good as Florida's quarterback. So there's a little bit of a, like a reverse there. So yeah, I'd agree with that. Yeah, like like Daniels is no Anthony Richardson. Period. Like, dude never fell backwards. <laughs> like he was finishing every run, falling forward. He was running folks over. Daniel's not going to do that, man. Dude, like 100, no, 200 pounds but, soaking wet. But he is, my more so my point was that he is very capable of beating you with his legs. He oh, may not yeah, run yeah. you over, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he will, if, if Tennessee does not do a good job of staying in their passion lanes and, and setting the edge and, For sure. 
containing him, he will run all day for sure. over Tennessee for sure. and, and make them pay Matt Corral style last year. I agree. I agree there. Now, I do agree with you with LSU's offensive lineman. Um, you know, I think Tennessee will have opportunities against the LSU front. And then, you know, one of their starting linemen got hurt um, this week, too. So how is he going to be next week? They play Auburn this week. Auburn's going to be without T.J. Finley. How is they? How are they going to play? I will say it's going to be a physical game. The LSU Auburn game is always physical. So, will LSU limp out of that matchup um, versus us? And the game is at eleven a.m. local time. Ooh, I love it. I love it. I love, love, love it. All right, let me get to the text box. I said I was doing that. Hmm. Riley Ball says. You could after one drive, he was healthy again. And talking about um are we talking about um Hendon? Hendon got yeah, Hendon got drove into the ground, man, in the first half. And and man, to this is a warrior. To 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 have that happen to you, throw the ball like the next two plays, go into halftime where you normally get stiff, come back out and play even better. It's, it's freaking unreal. I don't know. I hope Hendon has another game against LSU. But, Ben, do we, do we – my damn paper at? The dude had 100 yards rushing and 350 yards passing. Like, that was – that he put up video game numbers. And that's a lot to ask Hendon to do every game. That's a lot. It is. It, it, it is, but – I think he's that good. I, I don't expect what? that against Alabama when when Will Anderson is breathing down your neck um, and, and that Georgia defense is still loaded. So that that's a little bit unreasonable to expect against those teams, yeah. at, at least in terms of numbers being that large. I, I still think that he's capable of having success against those guys, but numbers that large, a little bit unrealistic to, to expect or think that he's going to do. But – LSU's defense isn't all that. I mean, yeah. I, I I think that he's capable of those type of numbers against LSU, uh, against Kentucky, uh, against Carolina, Missouri, Vandy. I, I just – I think he's that good to, to where in practically every game for the rest of the season outside of Alabama and Georgia, more than likely he's going to be the best football player on the field. I mean, he, he is in the legitimate Heisman conversation for a reason. So, obviously, I don't expect him to – pass for 350 and and rush for 100 every single game but it's not going to surprise me if he does it practically every single game yeah Raleigh, he's talented uh, enough to do so yeah 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 all right raleigh vol says let's go me and c-mac heading down to death valley how about me going to game day for the third saturday in a uh, third saturday in a row on saturdays yeah i don't I don't. I don't know about college game day coming on back. They should, but well, I think he's saying that he's going to. Isn't it at NC State Clemson? Okay, yeah, that's right. That's right. NC State Clemson this weekend. Isn't that the game this weekend? Yep, yep, yep. College game day is at, is at Clemson this week for NC State, who's number ten, and Clemson's number five. Yeah, I think that's what he means. Is that he was in Knoxville? He'll be in Raleigh. I don't remember. I guess they were at App State before Knoxville. So I guess he's. Hitting, I mean, it, for Raleigh Ball, it's easy to get to App State and to, yeah, to Knoxville. And obviously, it'll saying. be is, is that game in uh, Raleigh or is it at Clemson? It's at Clemson. 
Okay. Yeah, it's at Clemson. It should be a really good game. There, there's a lot of good games this weekend. I'm I'm excited to to sit back and watch. We're going to learn a lot about Kentucky and Ole Miss at noon. Uh, I I think Arkansas will cover against Alabama. I don't know that I think that they'll win, but I think it'll be a, a pretty good football game uh, in in Fayetteville. And and then there's a lot of other sneaky good games like that NC State Clemson game. Real D from the four through three. Leave Ben alone. You still got you still got the access to the text box there, Ben. Um, you have to send it to me. Dang, Ben just deleted all the Swain event stuff. I got a new computer. Uh huh. It wasn't bookmarked. See what had happened was <laughs> it was bookmarked on. Yeah, what had happened was you were talking about my computer speed on my last one. Oh, yeah. It was slowing down the video quality, so I, I went and got crushing. a new one. I was crushing it. It was crapping out on me. You, you were peer pressuring me, and I, I didn't save that bookmark. I was crushing. You, you just text me what he said. I got you. Um, let's see. No fear. Two eight says I know. Last year, you were not very happy with the coaching the receivers were getting. How do you think Pope is doing with this group this year? Uh, Pope is better than um, what's his name? I was thinking about you today. Cody, uh, and, and, Cody and, Byron. And, <laughs> I was thinking about you yesterday when, when Ramel Keaton was speaking to the media. And look, I, I just want to say, I don't have the platform that I used to. And, and when I used to have a consistent platform in, in this type of capacity, I, I made it known that I was not the biggest Ramel Keaton fan. And I, I want to give my flowers. I want to give him his flowers for Mel Keaton. I, I want to tip my hat to him. He is he, he's he's not the Cedric Tillman production type, but he has completely done a 180. I mean, he, he hasn't got a ton of targets this season, per se, but the targets that he has gotten from game one, he, he has made the most of. And that that catch, not only was it as important of a play in the game as you'll see at any point this season, but the catch itself was as good of a catch as you're going to see in, in Tennessee football this season and also the SEC in the country. Uh, that, that was just a, a heck of a catch. And I, I just I, – I truly do think that it was really courageous for him to, to get up at the podium and admit that he wasn't working hard. I I, I don't know that I would have the cojones to, to admit that publicly uh, and to, to be willing to share that about me just because of, of pride and ego. And I think a, a lot of males would, would feel the same way in that sense. So for him to get up and, and say when he was asked why he didn't transfer, it, it was because he wasn't working as hard as he could have been and that he couldn't be mad about his situation when his situation was a result of the lack of work that he was not putting in. I thought back to the Inky Johnson quote of, you can't be upset with the results with the work that you did not put in. That That's what kind of came to my mind when Romel Keaton said that. And for him to get up there and, and say that publicly to the media when he knows that's going to get tweeted, it's going to get written, it's going to get shared. I honestly thought it was really courageous because I, I, I think very few people would stand up there and admit that. And he said that he needed to reevaluate what he's doing and get to work. He did that. And in limited opportunity so far, he, he's made a, a big impact, I would say, in, in providing some real – wide receiver depth and I I just as someone who cast doubt on him when Swain event was rocking and rolling Monday through Friday and it, it kind of became an inside joke on the show I, I 
I just want to tip my hat to Ramil and give my flowers to him. I, I hope he continues to to find a lot of success this season. Truth is, we had no reason to um, believe that Ramel Keaton can make plays consistently. He didn't give us a reason. Um, but he did on Saturday. He stepped up. He stepped up in a huge way. Tillman's out. He came in, third down and 17. So he caught a pass under the sticks, made two guys miss, picked up a first down. That was huge. The the deep pass, the catch, that obviously was a huge play. That was the first down play. The, the third down play, for me, was bigger than the catch, the, the diving catch. Because the third down play, you're you're giving the ball back to Florida. The first down catch, even though it was spectacular, it was on Sports Center. It was on first down. Like you, you still are had, you talking about the the Princeton fan catch or the he had a catch on third down? Are you? Are no, you I'm talking about I'm talking Ramel Keaton. Third down? Yeah, Ramel Keaton okay. had a catch on third down. It was third down, sixteen, right. seventeen. Right. Princeton fan catch asked, was third down, ten. He caught it right at the sticks, backed yes, up. That, yes, but I've heard a lot of people reference the Princeton fan catch and, and nice job by Hendon to evade the blitz right in his face. No, I've heard that play Keaton's reference. I know, but. For, for those listening, I think people forgot that Keaton also had a really key third down catch on top of his awesome catch. Yeah, he had, he had the third down catch before before that. It's, it, was, uh, it was in the first quarter, actually, because he was going towards the north end zone. Yeah, you know, going towards the north end zone. Uh, it was in the first quarter. So he made a couple guys miss on the sidelines, on Florida sideline, picked up a first down. So... Keaton, Keaton did his thing, man. Proud of him. Uh, had him on Tennessee Prime on Tuesday, him and, and Joe Milton. And um, that, it was interesting, I'll tell you that. But Keaton, <laughs> Keaton, Keaton was, Keaton was, 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 was he's soft-spoken, man. He don't really talk much. Um, but it was good to see him get that love off his plays because I remember talking to T. Martin about Keaton when he came in from, from Marietta High School. And uh, T. Martin was really high on him, and uh, honestly, I just I just never saw it uh, early in his career, but saw it on Saturday. He did his thing, man. Proud of him, made plays, and uh, now that confidence is going to continue to grow, and the confidence that Hendon has in him is going to continue to grow. So, uh, to do what we did offensively in the passing game without Tillman is huge. And yeah, man, kudos kudos to Kelsey Pope. Uh, he has been able to get more out of this group. Then I, I I think last year's uh, coach was able to get out of this, out of this group. Uh, for Pope to be in his first year coaching on the field, done a pretty good job. Uh, there's other things I see that I think we need to improve on, but, like, I mean, that's just me with high expectations because, you know, I'm a wide receiver, and I look, I look at Tennessee as the original wide receiver you, but Pope, Pope is doing his thing. He is pulling more out of these guys. Those guys are playing I, hard for him. And they they was blocking on the perimeter, too, man. They was blocking the ass off, too. So, um, I, I, And I tell you what, the recruits loved him. Kelsey Pope, I, yep. I've spoken to several 2024 receivers this week, and they they loved them some Kelsey Pope. And, yep. it, and it just wasn't them responding because I asked them. It, it felt genuine uh, in, in them asking. So, what I want to ask you real quick, I, I know we probably need to hit a, another break. Yeah. But I did want to ask you before we get out of here, I, I'm sure that you've seen Arian Foster's comments today. Yeah, I was uh, kicking about, with Arian. Yeah, I was kicking with Arian all uh, last Friday. And, and that that was going to be my question for you. Just for, for those who have not seen, 
and I'm sure everybody knows the backstory with Arian, but he came out on his podcast and also tweeted it that any hard feelings that he had for Tennessee in the past this weekend helped him get over those hard feelings and, and those hard feelings don't exist. So my question for you, Swain, I, I figured that you were around him this weekend. Just how cool was it for you to see Arian not only back, but back and hanging out with, with teammates and, and training staff members and, and being on campus and, and uh, receiving love that I, I think that he deserves. Man. <laughs> so Friday we, we, we go out to, to dinner, the class of 04 and I'm there. Antoine Stewart's there. Um, who else is there outside of 2004? Uh, it'll come to me in a second. But it was funny because, like, when you with your boys, man, they'll tell you what you may not want to hear. So there's a lot of conversations like that going on. And Arian was so taken back by, like, how much love he had got because he was here, I want to say Thursday and Friday, just chilling. And he went to the complex. And there were so many people that worked in football that was here when he was here. And so those people were telling him how proud they were of him. And just that just meant everything to him. He just felt so much love from guys that he met, met for the first time and from people that he knew when he was a player here. And... Don't get me wrong, Arian had a reason. He had a legitimate reason to be bitter. He did. He did. Um, but Arian could have handled things a little bit differently, better. I'm sure he would admit that. But that's what fueled him to go to the NFL and be the great player that he was. And he said that being back was like food for his soul. It was so cool just, just just to just to talk about what Tennessee means to him, the relationships with all his teammates and things like that. Like it was so cool. Uh we shared a moment on the sideline and warm ups. Uh obviously we hung out, man, like five hours on Friday night. I was hurting Saturday morning too, by the way. because uh, we was kicking it hard. Um I've been talking to him during the week, trying to get him on the show, probably gonna have to be next week, but like Arian, and I, Aaron and I have always got along. Um, Aaron will say what he what he feels, and um, it rubs some people the wrong way. But I've seen Aaron been over backwards to help people. Um, I've seen it multiple times. So that's cool. I mean, time heals, man. You know, time heals those those wounds. But I know Arian. We'll we'll come back, and we already got a book for next year. We're gonna do it again. So, I'm glad you asked that, man. Um, all this taco jokes and ill will towards Arian, like it, it needs to stop. Like he 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 one of us, and he made some mistakes, but at the end of the day, he is um he's a, he's evolved, and and um and this weekend was really 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 important. So glad you asked that. But it is time to take to take a break. <laughs> it is time to take a break. So we're gonna do that, and then we'll come back, hit up the text box, hey, you answer your phone calls. Eight six five two hundred fifty five zero three is our telephone number. Ben McKee of Gold Balls Two 
247. Jason Swain here with you on a beautiful Thursday, September the 29th. Stay right here. We'll be right back. sitting on the sidelines trying to figure out how to buy and sell in this complicated market? I get it, and I understand why you're hesitant. That's where I come in. Call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897, or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. I'm happy to help answer any questions you have, and whether you're ready to rock in two weeks or two years, I'll be here. Look forward to hearing from you soon, and go Vols! Top 100 Barbecue Restaurant Dead End Barbecue is a no-brainer when you are craving the smoky flavor of quality Q. Dead End makes it easy to enjoy their fantastic menu with online ordering from Chow Now for pickup. Or if you don't feel like leaving the house, then have Dead End Barbecue delivered right to your door by Loco Knoxville or Bite Squad. Cheer on your favorite team with the best barbecue around. Check them out online at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Fellas, do you need an annual health exam? I recommend going to Low T Center to get your complete health assessment. They will check all of your levels, not just your T level. In most cases, it's completely covered by your health insurance. And if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and office visit with the medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your online appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Man, let's go right to the phones this evening. Let's get to Big Orange Mac. Mac, what is up? Good evening, Jay Swizzle. Good, good evening, Ben Jammin. Man, so good to hear from you. Good evening, King. Yes, sir. Man, let me tell you, last Saturday, you know, speaking to you, y'all was talking about Arian before the break. Uh, last Saturday was a big healing for everybody. Yep. Uh, former players, fans, current players, current coaches, we needed that Saturday. And now it, now it was it, it, it was a uh, uh, one of them. You hear me, Elizabeth? I, I'm coming. To, uh, I'm coming to see you, Elizabeth. Like old, like old Fred Sanford. But uh, it, 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 we needed that Saturday. Uh, man, I, 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 that, that is the other than the Oklahoma game. That, uh, that was uh, the, the best atmosphere I'd ever seen. You know, it was 15, 20 people deep on each side of the ball walk. I was at the very back. I could just barely see heads going down uh, down the street there, just just electric. We got people, one of the, one of the guys from Barstool, you know, uh, he went to LSU for a little bit. He's on board with us now. So we got people that been LSU fans all their lives coming on. Come on. Come on. God, come on board, that gummit. Uh we talking about Ramel Keaton and the catch he had. Uh, Jason, uh, this catch happened before you got there. 
in the nineteen ninety four Gator Bowl. Joey Kent's catch. Ooh, I saw a video uh, of it. Yes, that, that exactly reminded me of that catch. When he caught that, I was sitting up there and I was like, Man, that reminded me of Joey Kent back in the day in the Gator Bowl, uh back back in nineteen ninety four. Uh my voice sounds a little bit better now. I don't sound like a melanated Coach O. It took me a couple of days to get my voice clear. Uh, try to, you know, hit the third flu a couple of times, and it finally cleared up. But uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about going down to LSU. I got to hook up on some uh, tickets and some uh, accommodations down there in Baton Rouge. Let's go. So I will be in the house. Uh, I will be absent on Friday, so I won't be at work. I'll be heading down to Baton Rouge. So let's go, let's uh, go. I got some advice for you, Big Orange Mac. Do not, I repeat, do not find yourself at a restaurant passing out because uh, strange things no. happen down there. Yeah, I ain't trying to be like that. Yeah, they, <laughs> uh, a buddy of mine, uh, he he's from out there in West Tennessee, out in Greenfield, and him and his buddies went down to the uh, 2005 Katrina game mm. there on that Monday night, and. Uh, he said them people were so upset that they lost. Mac. They stopped at a Popeye's to get something to eat. That girl at the counter said, what y'all want? He said, man, I want a three-piece. She said, y'all ain't getting nothing to eat in here. Mac. He said, y'all ain't y'all ain't trying to feed us? She said, no. Didn't. They had to walk out. Said It was numbers purple and gold in the Popeye's. They all looked at them. Hey, you got the bounce, homie. Mac. Didn't even feed them. It's true, Mac. When we beat LSU in 05, we were on our bus. They was throwing frozen oranges at the bus and broke the window. Goodness gracious. They cracked the windshield. They cracked it, Goodness man. Goodness gracious. They was acting a fool. Yeah, them, them Cajuns get a little rowdy. I, I'm looking forward to it. Good thing the so, game was at 11 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, 11 o'clock. They be, <laughs> the gumbo won't hit. Did that. Something about that uh, LSU game at night, man. Uh, that by that Bayou Voodoo get to cook, and it's just real hard to beat. They're real hard to beat down there. LSU tradition of night games go all the way back to the 1930s when uh, P. Long was the governor of Louisiana, and some about the circus was coming to town, and uh, they needed water, and they made some kind of excuse, and uh, they so they started playing night games down there, and that's been their thing ever since. And I remember. Uh, 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 my my man out there, uh, uh, out there in Colorado, talking about, oh, I want LSU at night. No, you don't. No, you don't. don't. Want that. Who said that? Who? No. What? Uh, uh, no. See Mac. See Mac. Yeah. Man, you know, he, you know he don't be sober. <laughs> what see Mac talk about, man? Oh, I know he was. <laughs> I know he was sober Saturday. No, Ooh, no, buddy. I mean, Tennessee a better team, Mac, but like, ain't no reason to make it harder. Like, uh, uh, no, we don't want that. No. This, this is perfect. This is a perfect storm. We just got to weather the storm and come out of there with a dub. That's right. That's right. Hey, I'm going to get off here, man. Good to talk to y'all. And uh, hopefully this time uh, in two weeks we'll be jubilant going right. into uh, the Alabama game. That's right. Love y'all, man. Hey, man, much love to you, man. Little man, All tell right. little man we love him too, man. All right, yeah, he, he's my good luck charm, baby. That's right. He's, hey, he's my good luck charm. I'll, I'll be thinking about you tomorrow night, Big Orange Mac. I'm, I'm going to go down and check out the Braves and Mets tomorrow, so I'll be thinking of you. Man, take, hey, take some good juju with you. I need you, baby. I will. I, I will. <laughs> right, I'll, I'll, 
I, 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 I may or may not be making an appearance on the field pregame for BP. Okay. So I'll, I'll, I'll spread my, my good jujus amongst the players. Hold you on. know, my boy Kyle uh, Wright, my boy Kyle Wright got 20 wins this year. Yeah, yeah, he cooking. Hey, he cooking. Cooking. He's cooking, man. All right, now, y'all, I'll get off here. All right, Max, see you. All right. Swain, Buckhorn High School produces NFL fullbacks, the best fullbacks to ever play the game. It produces the best pitchers to ever pitch the game, and it produces big, loud-mouthed bloggers as, as well. One, one is not like the other. So you going you going yeah. to the you going yeah. to the Braves Mets game, huh? Yeah. You gonna have your Braves game? You got an NFL fullback, uh, a major league starting pitcher who's won twenty games, and, and then you got a loud mouth blogger, just just spouting off stuff on the interwebs and 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 whatnot. No, I was gonna pull up in my Aaron Judge jersey, but then I realized that I was gonna be on the field before the game. I was like, eh, I, 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 I don't I don't I don't think I'm gonna go with my yeah. my uh. My Aaron Judge jersey, so yeah. I'm, I'm I'm gonna go neutral. I'm gonna wear some of my my baseball shirts. You're gonna be you're gonna One be that my dude. baseball shirt. You're gonna be that dude. That's all the weekend. That's wearing a Georgia hat. It's like, man, if you don't get your ass up out of here, oh, I was definitely gonna be that dude. I I do not care. I I was gonna roll up in my Yankees flat bill like fifty cent with my Aaron Judge jersey on, and I was not gonna care one bit. And I hope I hope them Braves people would have done you the same way they did. Those uh, Tennessee fans after the 05 game when they went to Popeyes. So you, why you, you can't sit here? We don't serve them kind of pies here. <laughs> me explain stop. to me, like I'm five, why I can't wear my team's stuff when I go to another team's game. Listen, I'm not about to be a fan, please, man. You do what you want. You grown. I, do what you want. I, I will. Now I will say if if the Braves shop, and I'm hoping they do. If they've got some Kyle Wright jerseys, that's what I'll be rocking during the game. Like, like because the yo, price is right, my brother. Your boy is the starting pitcher. He having a hell of a season. You gonna go down there with some Yankee gear on? If you don't have better awareness to that, then we can't help you, Ben. I, I will see. I think my awareness is a ninety nine on Madden because I was going to do that because I didn't think I was going to see him. Now I know I'm going to see him. So I'm not going to wear my Yankee stuff. Nobody in the crowd knew I, I I knew who he was. But now that I'm going to be around him, I'm not going to rock the Yankees. He knows I'm a Yankees fan. He he follows me on social media. It don't matter. You still don't need to be rocking Yankees gear at a Braves game and a Mets game. Come on, I'm man. I'm not. I'm not. But you also got to real. I hate the Mets. The Mets are a big rival for the Yankees. So I was going to do it in kind of in spite of the Mets more so than the Braves. How about you just? How about you just? Not where it's just like it's just like on my bucket list. It is my objective when I'm old and gray and, and don't have this job anymore. I'm gonna go to the Iron Bowl one year, and you know what I'm gonna pull up in? I'm gonna pull up in some Tennessee gear. I'm gonna be rocking a power T polo and a power T hat, and ain't gonna nobody gonna tell me nan nothing. Go for it, go for it. Ben Hall says, since we're not players, can we go ahead and discuss a plan to beat Bama? Uh, I don't, I don't have a plan to beat Bama. I need to watch Bama play. I, I've I watched him play since I got, Texas. I got two words for you. And I may need help. I don't know which word should go first. Hendon Heisman or Heisman Hendon? Which one? It's going to be an offensive fireworks show that game. So here's here's a plan. Don't punt, and you better get some turnovers on defense. Balls by 50. Riley Vall said, let's go get Carnell then. Carnell Tate. I think Tennessee's still talking to Carnell Tate. 
Uh, Hub City says, what's up, Team Swain event? Hope all is well. Everything's great. Hub City, hope you are. West Tennessee. Jeffrey Morris, oh, Lord. Tell Ben not to curse the Braves with his appearance. Bet he tells well, everyone it's his favorite team. Well, see, unlike Jennifer Morris, I actually show up in, in good luck because anytime the Yankees are in the stadium, they they beat the Braves. See, so I, I, I believe I'm, I'm bringing good juju. And, and look, all I know is she bailed on Tennessee, Florida this past weekend to go to the beach. So, dang, I, 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 don't, I don't know that she should be talking right now. Dang, man. She was, she was there in spirit. Uh, she, she comes from my neck. I'm coming for her neck. She was there in spirit. And she was giving know, Gator fans uh, I know, hell I know Jennifer's, I know Jennifer's going to be back for that, that baseball scrimmage next Sunday, though. <laughs> uh, Donovan says the defense has had large holes in the secondary, but they've been relied on to win two football games, tighten things up, but pressure could help them be ready in a situation later on in the season. Everyone is hyped up, and I'm right there with them, too. But a lot uh, will feel like it's a letdown to go 9-3, all while um, we would have taken that as a guarantee before the season. Yeah, I mean, if you go 9-3, that means you, you've either lost to Kentucky or South Carolina with the loss to, to, to Georgia and Bama. And the way Tennessee is playing right now, then that would be a letdown. So I, I agree with you there, Donovan. Um, the defense, I ain't heard anybody say this. Now, I don't really listen to a lot of other people, too, so maybe they did say this and I didn't thanks. hear Thanks. Huh? I said thanks. I mean, I listen to you when I talk to you. But the defense gave the, the offense the opportunity to go with 14 nothing in that Florida game at the beginning of the game. Ain't nobody talking about that? No. They're not. Then <laughs> I mean, we got fumbling. We got we got you know a pass that was slightly behind Jacob Warren. Jacob Warren probably could have called it. Like ain't nobody talking about that. You could have went up fourteen nothing. Yep. Defense get defense had a stop on fourth down and a stop on a missed field goal. So it's it's truly complimentary football. If the offense was score right there, then no one. I mean, we're not we're not really having these type of conversations because Tennessee is up multiple scores and probably is able to maintain that lead. Yeah, I I will say I'm I know the defense has been a voice of frustration this week, although I, I don't get it being this week after you beat Florida. I'm good. For the second time in in forever. And obviously I'm not talking about you. I know. But uh, amongst fans it, it has been which honestly I, I haven't really seen it from many fans. Just a a couple of curmudgeons here and there, but I, I am in love with the way that the interior of the line is playing right now. Omari Thomas Ooh. has made him some money th this first month of the season to the point to where I think he may have a decision to make at the end of the year. I, I, I don't know what that decision will end up being, but I think he's at least playing himself in to making a decision at the end of the year. And, and it's not just him either. I mean, you, you look at guys like Bryson Eason and, Karak Garland and Dejon Terry, they, they may not be making a ton of plays throughout the game like an Omari Thomas is, but they, they just kind of all divvy up the, the, the making of the plays, so to speak. They, they, they just all chip in, and that is perfectly fine as long as the job is getting done. Tyler Barron's doing some nice things. Uh, Byron Young, I think, is having a nice start to the season. Roman Harrison. Looks pretty good. You and I talked about earlier on Josh and Sway 
I think Joshua Josephs is going to play more and more as the season goes on, and mm-hmm. and he looks as as good as he can for a freshman. So I I do really like where the the front seven is currently, and and to take a, a broader look at Tennessee football, what should get fans excited about as a result of the Florida win, in my opinion, is is that I I think there's evidence that this isn't a fluke and that this program is only going to continue to get better and better over the next couple of seasons. And and that's because this coaching staff has the ability to develop players and, and the ability to, to maintain, not only create a good culture, but maintain a good culture. I mean, you, you look at every position across the board for the most part and and the guys that are playing, they they've been developed Uh, the the quarterback development, the receiver development, the the running backs have gotten better. In my opinion, offensive linemen have gotten better. The front seven with, with Rodney Garner, really the only question mark is, is the secondary in terms of development. And and personally, I I think that's more of a, a personnel issue rather than a coaching issue because I watched the same coach, develop Emmanuel Mosley and Cam Sutton into what will end up being 10-year NFL players. So I, I I think that that was kind of my broad look at the the game uh, is is that there's a whole lot of reason for optimism around this football program right now because I, I, I don't think it's a one-hit wonder. Florida's not what it typically is. You, you still need to go prove some more things over the course of, of time. But, man, th- there are reasons for optimism with their ability to develop and maintain a culture. Let's get to the phones quickly. Uh, good evening. Good evening, Swain. Good evening, Ben. It's Rev. How y'all doing? What's man? up, Rev? Hope Long time, well, guys. Rev. I know, man. I know, man. It's good to hear from you, man. Hope you're doing I well. I feel like I'm the one and only Tennessee fan that lives in Arizona now. Oh, uh, you moved <laughs> to Arizona on us? Oh, yeah, man. We, My wife and I, we moved back from where I was uh, stationed in the Marines. We moved back to you. Okay. Oh, man. Congratulations, man. Uh, I appreciate it. Man, I had the time of my life this past weekend. I'm going to tell you why. Guess where I watched that game from? Um, I'm assuming since you're still doing your thing, well, you were in Florida. No. I was in Lafayette, Louisiana. Okay. How many are we supposed to guess that, Rev? <laughs> how, how are we supposed to guess that, man? Come on, man. Hey, that's, hey, a, that's a random listen. place. <laughs> After we beat Florida, I walked to the truck stop to a guy wearing an LSU hat. Oh, and he's, all, he's all congratulations, man. You know, you know, blippity blink in the Gators. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Are you next? He goes, y'all, exactly what I said. He goes, y'all looking pretty good this year. I was like, you going to find out in two weeks. He goes, man, if you think we're going to let them Vols come down here to Louisiana and beat us, I said, I'm going to tell you right now, if y'all draw a noon game, that's a wrap. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Hey, that's funny. He was over here congratulating us, not realizing like in two weeks, uh, we gonna see you too. <laughs> oh, I but love uh, I, I left Louisiana and drove straight into Florida wearing my orange. Man, there you I, go. There I you go. I can't be happier for these for these guys, man. These seniors, and for what I know, it's on the field. And I was watching both quarterbacks, and Anthony Richards is just an athletic freak. He's a freak, but. From a pure mechanic standpoint, you can, like, without really knowing what you're looking at, you can tell who's the better coach quarterback. And that was Henry Hooker, and it wasn't even close. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. For and sure. I'm telling man, you, I'm Rev, so I, 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 team. I, was, was that? I was just talking. The, the development of this football team just kind of blows my mind when I sit back and, 
and think about it. I, the, the the difference in Hendon Hooker at Virginia Tech and now is just night and day. And, and the difference in Hendon Hooker between this time last year and today is night and day. Night and day. And look, Joe Milton yeah. needs to go prove it against better competition, but even he looks better this year. And I, I just – the quarterback development is just through the roof. Not Not enough people nationally – are talking about it. Everybody wants to talk about Lane Kiffin and, and those sexy names. Well, they need to start talking about Josh Heupel. Listen, about him. I think that's coaching, but also what's uh, not really being talked about. I mean, on some radio stations like uh, Josh Swain in the mornings, you, you guys have talked about it. It's the culture, too. These kids love each other, man. They they really do. And Hannah Hooker's biggest fan is Joe Milton, yep. and that's a rarity. Yep. They're roommates. Anyways, guys, I'm driving through Virginia right now, heading back your way. Uh, you, you guys have a good night. Love you guys, man. You and too, uh, man. can't wait to beat the LSU Tigers next week. Hey, man, be careful, man. Much love to oh, you, yeah. man. We miss you. We miss you. Oh, man, it's good to hear from Rev. Good to hear from Rev. Good to hear from Rev. Well, Ben, tonight was easy, man. It was 4-0. It's always easy when you... Big Orange Smack would say, clapping those cheeks on Saturday. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. It, it sure is. I'm, I'm, I'm jealous of you and envious of you. I, I told you today on the show, it, I, I had to sit there and talk through some, some hard Mondays mm-hmm. <laughs> on the show after, after some rough losses. I, I, I think the only positive games that I got to react to on the show was what when Tennessee beat Florida in 16. Auburn 18. Uh, it, uh, yeah, and the, the Georgia game. Yeah. Uh, and, and then the, the bowl games, the, the win over Indiana. What's and uh, the, I, I mean, I honestly don't remember what we talked about that week. I'm just assuming that that would have been a positive reaction that week and excitement for, for Pruitt. But extremely jealous of you that, that, that you got to react to this one for 15 hours this week. Oh, uh, we had a, had a, I had a good time, man. I had a good time. I had a good time reacting to Lane Kiffin. Calling his fan base out. That was that was great too. Auburn is that is that Auburn's phone that I, I that I hear ringing in, in Oxford, Mississippi? I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. I know one thing. Next Tuesday or next Thursday, we'll be back to talk about the LSU game. We won't have a game to really talk about that Tennessee has played, but we'll have Tennessee's game versus LSU to preview and talk about. LSU plays Auburn this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a physical football game. So we'll be watching, sit back, sitting back, scouting the opponent. Hope everyone has a great evening and a great weekend. For Ben McKee, who is great as always, I'm Jason Swain. Hope you have a great evening. Peace and love. We are out.